Halashin for Halas? Want to bry or fine dine? Stay tuned to High FM on 101.9. Join Adrian Bugatti for SN Fresen Tuesday mornings from 11 a.m. where it's all about the food. Good morning and welcome to the SN Fresen show. I'm Sharon Lurie and I'm coming to you live from our studio this morning. And we have a special guest I'm going to tell you all about. And she's actually going to be joining me on the Essen Fresen team. Um, this is a new uh, decision of ours that instead of being one person every single every week, we are now going to have four different ladies. So, with me is one of our new team members who is actually, would you believe, it's not often that you get a speech pathologist, an audiologist by profession, on a food show. But thank God, Lauren Bulkin has been blessed with a wonderful husband and four beautiful children who need a lot of feeding. So to stave off the mundane, she has to expand her recipe repertoire. And this has allowed her to enhance her cooking skills and follow new food trends. Firmly believing, of course, that being kosher does not have to mean being uh, mean boring or the same old trying to make meals as exciting as possible. So you've seen her on the Jewish Report webinars. You've read and I'm sure made some of her amazing recipes. Welcome to the team, Lauren Bolton. Thank you, Sharon. Lovely to be here. Now, as I said, why I said welcome to the team is because there's going to be four of us in future and we're rotating. And I think that gets uh, different creative uh, juices flowing. So... We're going to be having um, Dolores Fischer, Lauren Bulkin, Adrian Bugatti, and myself. So, I think we we decided today, well, all right, let's go to an ad break. And when we come back, we are going to chat about having Shabbos guests for the weekend and what we're going to make and where do we start and what do we give them. So, after the break, we'll chat about that. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. So, welcome back to the Essen Preston Show. If you'd like to contact us, you can SMS us on 34519 or call us on 0101403020. That's a better number than what it used to be. <laughs> so it's 0101403020 or SMS 34519. So welcome to the show, Lauren. Lovely Thank you, to Sharon. have you here. So lovely to be here. So, um, let's chat a little bit about, we were, we were chatting earlier during the week and you said, Oh, I've got Shabbos guests coming and I've got to start preparing for that as well. So we thought, okay, we'll do some Shabbos meal, starters, soup, uh, main meals and desserts. And, um, I was just going through some of my recipes and I think that because it's Tuesday now, it's often called Taco Tuesday or Tuesday Tacos or whatever overseas, but I've got a lovely easy taco recipe uh, soup for, um, for that you can make in the crock pot or you can make it on your stove. It's uh, quite quick and simple. And I think, should I start with that, Lauren? Start with that, and I will see how you do it, but I can copy you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'm such a good example, but I'll try. 
Okay, so get your pens and paper out. Otherwise, we are going to post the, the recipes onto the website. And um, I actually think that this is a, a fabulous weekday meal almost. So what we do is we, as always, we always start off with me, as you know, with two cups of onions in the frying pan. <laughs> okay, so it's two cups of chopped onions. Now you can buy them already chopped if you want and so you don't have to stand and have, stand crying and whatever. Uh, two cups of chopped onions, one large green, uh, pepper, bell pepper, chopped as well, one heaped of, uh, teaspoon crushed garlic, one teaspoon of crushed fresh garlic, one small hot chili, which is optional if you've got kids and you're scared it's going to be a bit too hot. It actually isn't so hot when you make it with one chili. In fact, uh, when I made it, I was told, oh, it needs more chili. Okay. Anyway, but let's start with one. 500 grams of minced beef. Three cu beef cubes dissolved in 500 mils of boiling water. You may need a bit more water. Depends on how thick you like your soup to be. One can of mixed tomato, uh, Mexican tomato mix. I think it's the all gold one that make the Mexican tomato mix. And one can of plain chopped tomatoes. One teaspoon of sugar. One can of brown beans. One can of cannellini beans. One can of sweet corn. Not the cream style, just the regular sweet corn. And a bunch of fresh coriander. But if you're one of the 10% of coriander haters, then just put in some parsley. Now, the toppings are what makes it Mexican, in inverted commas. It's um, avocado dip, crushed fritos or, um, any, or corn bites or something like that. Grated non-dairy cheddar cheese, which, I find, which you can get at Kosher World's or you can get it at Woolworths. It's great on something like this. And chopped spring onions. So before you start... Put your crock pot onto the high temperature and you fry your onions, your green pepper, garlic, your optional chili in a saucepan or a frying pan until golden brown. You remove it and place it straight into your crock pot. Then in the same pan, don't wash it, fry the, you can add a little bit more oil if you want, fry the meat and when it's golden brown, remove it and place it on top of the onions. Then what you do is you take the dissolved beef stock, tinned tomatoes, and uh, the dissolved beef stock in the boiling water, your tinned tomatoes, the Mexican and the ordinary. I like to blitz them because I have certain members in my family who don't like to see tomatoes in their soup or their stew. So I blitz mine, but you don't have to. And you add the beans and the sweet corn in their juice. Add the, the beans in their juice as well. Um, add some uh, coriander, the chopped coriander. Just about, about a handful. You'll need about 30 grams of it. And you place the lid on top and you cook it on high for two hours. And you allow it to simmer on low or put it on the keep warm setting until you're ready to serve it. And you serve it with all those wonderful Toppings, the avocado dip you can get from Woolworths, they've got a kosher one, I think Pick and Pay have as well. And you put a little bit of blob of that on top, your 
grated cheese, spring onions, and your crushed fritos. And I think that that's all you'll want for supper. Never mind Friday. I'm going home to make it right now. It looks <laughs> seriously looks so yummy. Sharon, where do yes. you buy chopped onions? You can get them at um, Fresh Villas. Really? Yeah. Oh my word. Yeah. Wow. I know because the I know the sh- shop stuff you can't buy. Yes. You know, like the onions and all that. Yes. yes. But from Fresh 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 Villas, they're fine. They're so how do you work out quantity of onion? If you two cups, you just I just pour in from the chopped onions. I just pour in two cups. But if you want to, I mean, you, it would probably be about two big onions. Okay, so so. Two cups would be two big onions. Two big onions. So a cup is an onion. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that's uh, actually the, right. The, yes. The, the big onions. Okay. Very interesting. I am going straight home to do that. <laughs> don't know if it's the frittos that got me or. <laughs> and the cheese is perfect. I don't know. A, a friend of mine actually made a salad and it, it looked like parmesan shavings. I said, what is this? And she says, no, it's a new pair of cheese because I knew that she wouldn't bring regular cheese yes. because being chalav and all that. And she says, no, it's the new And how dairy does it food. taste? Does it taste like cheese? I gave it to my daughter-in-law and I said, right, tell me. And she said, I'm sorry, I can't tell the difference. It's un- so and what's in it? Is, uh, um, I think it's it's a it's vegan, obviously. It's made from vegetable something or coconut oil or something, but it's really... It's fine. It's perfect. I'm going. You to can look. put it on top, but you can you can make um, part of a what, what's it called the potato bake. Yes. And I use coconut milk anyway for that, and uh, throw in some chicken stock, and then you put that on top. So you could almost put it on your lasagna if you were making it. Exactly. Very interesting. <laughs> there you go. Very interesting. <laughs> Okay, so now you're going to share your starter. So I think your guests are going to eat beautifully because I've seen the recipes. <laughs> so no, so through my scrolling through Instagram, I found a Nigella recipe where she uses za'atar um, on chicken pieces. And what I did was I actually tried it with chicken wings, baked them in the oven, and served it with a delicious fatush salad. And it was very, very Moorish. So what yes. I really think for Shabbos is I like to make a lot of the same thing, which just takes the pressure off me. So I'll make yes. a heap of chicken wings, which I can actually serve cold the next day, a huge fattish salad, and I'll put it into two bowls, one I'll serve on Friday night and one I'll serve on the Saturday. And nobody minds. Mm. And it just completely takes the pressure off me. So let right. me tell you a little bit about my Zata chicken wings. I have seen Zatar in the shops, but now that I went looking for it, I didn't find it. Always the case. <laughs> Always the case. So I'm going to give you a recipe. It's all of five lines. It's, it's a spice made up mainly of thyme and sumac. Sumac is a red spice that you can find in Israel or at Woolworths. I did see it on the shelf yesterday. And the recipe goes as follows. It's a handful of dried thyme, two tablespoons of sumac, two teaspoons of sea salt flakes. And Sharon and I were actually just discussing that um, sea salt is really different to fresh salt, so you must look for the sea salt flakes, two tablespoons of toasted sesame seeds, and you just really mix it all together. Okay. So before we carry on, uh, is that... Uh, that's that's, that's, that's the, the recipe for the zaatar. Okay. And the chicken is another two lines, which I can tell you after the break. So after the break, we'll come back with the 
delicious chicken. Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. Okay, yeah, that, that gas plate is a must during load shedding, I must say. It's the most unbelievable thing. It rolls back up into a little suitcase and I put it back in my cupboard. Most oh, unbelievable thing. Terrific. Anyway, we're talking za'atar chicken again. We are back on za'atar chicken. So we've made our spice, our za'atar, and then all you really need is you need to take half a cup of olive oil and put it into your roasting tin. You're going to add your chicken wings and you're going to gently massage the oil into the chicken pieces. Then you take about a half a teaspoon of za'atar and you rub it onto each wing and you massage it again into the wing. I'm very into this massaging bit. And you leave it to marinate for up to two hours. Then you're going to preheat your oven to 220 and roast the wings for 45 minutes to one hour until they're done. And I serve that with a delicious fattish salad and some hummus. So I really feel that you don't have to make every item on your Shabbos table. I think that you can feel comfortable to go and buy your hummus, go and buy some pita breads. And the other thing that I like to do is I like to take wraps and I like to brush them with a little bit of olive oil, cut them up, bake them, and then keep them in my freezer. And I can serve them with dips. I can put them into my fatter salad. My daughter likes to take it with avocado to school. Right. You know, I do it's a clever idea to put in the freezer. I only learned that a few weeks ago because I used to make them with all the leftover pita and the luffers and whatever. I used to make it and bake them. And I put them out in a Tupperware container. But that that oil smells. It's a rancid smell. But I put them straight into my freezer. So I brush them with olive oil. I bake them. Put a little bit of salt. Put them straight into my freezer. And then they're, they're there for a snack. Exactly. They're delicious even with your guacamole dip. I think they'd be lovely with your soup. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can use them for everything. But how do you make your fattish salad? So I use lots of fresh herbs. I chop up about three tomatoes. I chop up a cucumber. I like to take the pips out of the cucumber because I think it makes the salad a little bit watery. I put in some, maybe two handfuls of fresh parsley, a handful of fresh chopped up mint. And then the trick is, you take a clove of garlic and you put it into your pestle and mortar with some coarse salt. You see, there's the salt again. Yeah. And you chop it up with your pestle and mortar. And then I add some lemon juice and then some olive oil. So what I do with all my dressings, it's the basis, I think, is I do half lemon juice to olive oil. So if I'm doing three tablespoons of lemon juice, I always do six tablespoons of olive oil. And you can add additional things to your dressing to kind of enhance the dressing if you want to, but that's my basis. So I've dissolved the garlic with the coarse salt, added my lemon juice and my olive oil, taste it, because I think you've got to always taste the dressing before you put it onto a salad. Right. And then I would divide the salad. I put half away for Saturday and half on the Friday night. Reminds me of my son in London has got uh, down the road, on on the high street, they call it the high street. He's got um, all these wonderful um, greengrocers and vegetable shops. Anyway, he comes home. He's got a bunch of coriander, a bunch of, um, what was it, Uh, parsley and Time and I mean just bunches of this stuff and he says to me, Okay, Ma, you can make a salad. <laughs> <laughs> this patrick salad. I said, I'm not checking all that. I mean you've never I mean we just go and get go out fresh feathers and buy it. Yeah. <laughs> get it. What a story anyway. So 
he, he made it himself. He said, I don't know. I try hard for you and I still can't win. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's a delicious salad. And if you don't, as you said, like coriander, then swap the coriander for fresh parsley. Yeah. You know, and mint. Mint and gives mint. it a Yummy mint. Beautiful. And red onion. I forgot the red onion. And sometimes okay. I even put a half a teaspoon of sumac in. That sumac that I've put into Okay, to incorporate all that lovely Mediterranean feel, mm-hmm. yes. And in fact, you can even do a whole big platter. You yes. can you can take your chicken wings on a big wooden board with the fattish salad, with your hummus, with your pita chips, right? And you can make it look really phenomenal. And then you just put it in the centre of the table, and everybody and helps helps themselves. Okay, yeah. beautiful. And having said that, I mean, you could actually do chicken breasts. Roast the chicken breasts, and the next day, take the chicken breasts, shred them, and put them into your salad as a huge big chicken salad for Shabbos lunch. Ah, and that also will work beautifully. Works beautifully. Yeah, it works. I love, uh, what do they call it? Friday night chicken. What, what, I can't remember what it's called. Me, uh, three meals in one, like Friday night roast, Saturday lunch shredded, and then uh, Saturday night toasted. <laughs> You see, but that's me because you actually have to make your life so simple that you enjoy your guests. Yes. Because if you're so tired and so run down from feeding everybody, you actually don't enjoy the guests. And what's the point of that? Absolutely. And it's all about preparing before. Exactly. But my problem is that I've prepared before and it's all in the freezer. But it's been (laughs) eaten out of the freezer. (laughs) Okay. So now I am going to share... A recipe that I tried. Let me just get it down. It's African peanut chicken. Okay, and it's really, it's actually West African peanut chicken, and it was so delicious. It is, excuse me, I have to cough. <coughs> okay. Thank you. Um, it is one kilo of raw chicken strips. So it's like the little chicken tenders, you know, the little part that goes into that. You, you can get them everywhere. It just asks for chicken strips. A half a cup of flour. If you want to keep it gluten-free, use corn flour because basically it's just to dust the chicken. One cup of chopped onions. One heaped tablespoon ginger. One teaspoon crushed fresh garlic, one fresh chili, or a, like about three quarters of a teaspoon of chili flakes, two teaspoons of cumin spice, two teaspoons of paprika spice, one can of tomato puree, two chicken stock cubes dissolved in 500 mils of water, or you can use homemade chicken stock. One large orange sweet potato peeled and cut into very small bite-sized pieces, like about half a centimeter, because you want to be able to cook it quickly. Um, a can of chickpeas, drained. Half a cup of peanut butter. Now, as Lauren was saying, you want to taste things first. So when it's cooked, taste and see whether you've got enough peanut butter. Always add a little bit more. 200 grams of baby spinach, lightly chopped, salt and pepper to taste. And then, of course, the best part is decorating it with a cup of toasted raw peanuts. So you can even either dry fry them on a frying pan, a factory frying pan. 
so they crisp up. Or you can put them into an oven about 200 degrees and just keep watching them all the time and just shuffle the pan so that you get them nicely um, roasted, lightly brown, and you serve those on top of the dish. So you dust the chicken strips with flour. And in a de- I would do it in a deep saucepan because you want to add the rest of the ingredients to the same pot after you fry the chicken. And in a deep saucepan, you fry the strips in a little oil of a high heat just until they're brown on both sides. Remember that you're going to cook them further later. <clears throat> so don't worry if they're not cooked all the way through. Okay, and then um, you remove the meat as, as you fried it until when it's brown and you set it aside. Now to the same saucepan, that deep saucepan I was talking about, you add a little bit more oil and you fry the chickens until they're glassy and then you add the ginger, garlic, chili, cumin, paprika, tomato puree, stock and the cubed sweet potato and give it a good stir and bring it to the boil. Reduce your simmer and you continue to simmer, cook it on low for about 20 minutes or until the potato is soft. Take a toothpick and just check if the potato is soft. Then you add the drained chickpeas and peanut butter, and you mix it lightly, and you return the fried chicken pieces to the sauce into that same pot. And um, you can add your, your chopped up uh, spinach, just roughly chopped, and you continue to cook it over low heat, until the chicken is cooked all the way through. And I like to describe the sauce as that it should be a thickish gravy. However, you may find that you have to add a little bit more water, um, add a little bit of salt and pepper, taste it. And then if you're happy with the taste, serve it and sprinkle some roasted peanuts and a little bit of one of my newfound favorites, dunya chutney which you can get at pick and pay and you can also put a little bit of fresh chut, uh, fresh dunya on top which is coriander which is cilantro as well and um, enjoy so that is my that's my main meal for Maybe Shabbat see, I need week. to eat that too <laughs> <laughs> Sharon I'm coming shopping with you. I don't know how you find all these things. Danya chutney. Danya chutney. And they've, they've got a new range of chutneys in as well. Who makes it? Woolies. Wow. Yeah, it's lovely. I've got, got a whole lot of the, the new range. I can't remember what the other one is. It was Danya chutney. Sorry. And, uh, I can't remember. You see, that's the difference between shopping in the shops and doing online shopping, which I <laughs> tend to do too much because you don't see the new products. Yeah. On the shelves. And celery salt has come back. Yay. Everybody knows how much I love my celery salt. Because I just find sometimes using celery is such a pain. Well, I like the celery salt for my meat marinades. When I'm marinating a scotch fillet, I like to yes. put it into it. And it just gives it the most beautiful, like, t- tangy taste. There's it's something lovely. about c- There's celery something salt. something about it that I, I really, I love it. And because I, I can't stand, I mean... I was with my cousin, and she said to me, now just peel the celery, and then it will take away all the threats. No, it's no, completely it different. No, I haven't be, couldn't be bothered. Celery salt is wonderful. Now, what do I do if I've only got tomato puree in my cupboard and not tomato paste? Can you substitute the one for the other? Uh, you can. It's yeah. a different flavor. Um, tomato paste is a lot, is, gives a darker color to it, a richer, a 
more it's more rich the puree will make it more a little more liquidy so that's why i always prefer to use tomato paste okay. it's more intense and it somehow just it gives like a little bit of a gloss as well tomato paste believe it or not um yeah, if you use tomato puree, then just reduce the water, the, the stock a little bit. And just you may find that you can, it, you can, you know, it also depends on, on the saucepan that you're using. If you're using something that's really wide, I mean, it's a great surface area. So a lot of it is going to, um, uh, what's his name into the air? What's that word we were looking for? Evaporate. Earlier? Thank you. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Evaporate into the air. And, uh, you know, then it's going to be a thicker sauce. Now, how would you keep that warm for Shabbos? You can stick it into your chulin pot. Once you've cooked it, cook it in the afternoon. Stick it in your chulin pot and leave it on. Keep warm if you've got that setting. Or low. Yes. Or low. And then it just keeps warm until just supper. keeps warm. Or you can stick it on your blech. You were telling me about that We were chatting about tea lights. Tea lights, And putting yes. tea lights under to keep the soup warm. Yeah. Because I was worried about how I was going to keep my soup warm for Shabbos. And my Reberton said to me, take four tea lights, put them on the stove, yes. and put your pot on top, and that will actually keep your soup warm. Which is mind-blowing for me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you know what you can use to keep your to keep this peanut Alive and warm and hot are those wonder bags. Now, I know that my Robertson uses a wonder, wonder bag. bag. And I mean, that kept her soup, she says, always keeps it piping hot. So you can just take this, put it into, in your pot from the stove, put the lid on, I put tin foil on, and then I put the lid on, and then you put it in the wonder bag and it's Popping hot. And who sells Wonder Bags? You can buy them from the ladies that sell on the corner. They sell the Wonder Bags. I don't no. know if those are... Proper Wonder Just bags. contact Wonder Bag. I actually had um, a woman... Uh, was I talking to a lady about these Wonder Bags and how wonderful they are? I think she came onto one of the shows. We actually gave... There was a winner who won a Wonder Bag. But you can just go to Wonder Bag. And uh, I think they, I think they're here or in Cape Town. They'll send it straight to you. And somebody they, said to me that you can cook the food in the Wonder Bag. I, I mean, oh, she I said she's tried never that. tried that. She says, but yeah. you can actually put the food in the Wonder Bag and it will continue to cook it, which is quite interesting. Okay, yeah. So there are your options, and uh, of course you can also use the um, what are those dishes, uh, chafing dishes. You can use that. All these adaptions we have to oh, make for the load shedding. You, last night, my brother-in-law phones from America and he says, I can't believe it. You're not in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I, and you know, my husband was just saying, he says, you know, it's funny. We learn to adapt. It's, I think South Africans are so resilient as a I people. We we, we've stopped moaning about it. People don't even talk about it. We've yeah, bounced yeah. back, carried on with our lives. Absolutely. And a smile on our faces. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Anyway, so now after I made, what are the, what else can we serve with that as vegetables? I suppose we could serve it on rice. Nice. Even couscous is delicious with an African chicken. Yes, couscous is really lovely. Or a nice bulgur wheat would go nicely. Sure. And, uh, but I, I'm just so used to serving rice because of all the allergies in our family. <laughs> So we have gluten-free and we have celiacs and we have lactose intolerant and anyway. So if anybody ever needs to know what they can use instead of flour, phone me. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, now we're going to go on to, what are we going to do? We're going to talk, talk about, about dessert. I love your dessert. Okay, let's talk about desserts. What are you making? So I like to make this a fruity olive oil apple cake that my bubble always used to bring on a Friday when she arrived. Oh, wow. I've changed it up a little bit. Um, I actually found an, a version in now for something sweet. You know, the ladies from Australia? The oh, yes. Monday morning Monday cookbook. morning, yes. So they've got a very similar version. Yes. Um, and I just substitute whatever I happen to have in my fridge. So if I've got right. leftover strawberries or leftover blueberries or apple or in some I used plums and it's all of a five minute cake. Um, my grandmother always used to put chopped up walnuts oh, on the nice. top. Delicious. But if you mm. obviously are allergic to nuts, <laughs> you can leave the nuts off. Right. Um, so let me give you the ingredients. Have I got time to read the ingredients sure. to you now? Oh, no, we're going to an ad break. After the ad break. After the ad break. We'll be back with the apple cake. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. So I'm live in studio with Lauren Bulkin, who is joining our team. And Lauren is sharing some of her Shabbos recipes with us. And as I mentioned before, there's going to be four of us now presenting the High FM cooking show. Um, Dolores Fischer, Sharon Lurie, Lauren Bulkin, and Adrian Bugatti. So I hope you're going to enjoy the next few cooking shows, which will, I'm sure will all be different in some way or another. But let's get back to Lauren because she's going to share a delicious cake. I think before we even talk about that, I think that different people can make the same recipe and it can taste completely different. Absolutely. It's so interesting how that happens. Yeah. So I can give a recipe and you can make it and yours will be completely different to mine. It will be beautiful. But different. Absolutely. And I always tell the story once when um I was invited to somebody for lunch and she said, Oh, I'm so excited I've made your coconut chicken salad. When it came to the table, I actually wanted to cry. Wasn't your coconut chicken <laughs> salad? <laughs> she had taken desiccated coconut and put it on. Mine was the lovely peeled, um, you know, the shredded coconut and I baked it in the oven and it just anyway. She thought, that's the most important thing. <laughs> Everybody slated. But I think you've got to do it with heart. You know, I just believe that if you're not in the mood to cook, then don't, don't do it. I think you can Absolutely. still make a beautiful meal, go and buy a roast chicken, put it out beautifully with some lovely fresh vegetables. Yeah. If you, you know. Yeah, you can. You can get rotisserie chickens and do what you want with them. In fact, you can even use rotisserie chicken for this Recipes that will make it even quicker because your chicken's cooked. You don't have to cook it. Just cut up pieces and add it to the, I mean, there's so many things that you can do with a rotisserie chicken. You can add your own peri. You can add more, uh, uh, lemon juice and garlic. And I know somebody who used to do that. She made the best chicken in the world and she used to put it onto the stands. So what she did was she got the ready-made and then she added a little bit of the lemon juice and a little bit of garlic, a little bit more chicken spice, stuck it on the stands and she, um, you know, the, the not the, like the Coke can method. Yes. And I mean, it was the most delicious, delicious because she cooked it on high because it was really cooked through and it just went crispy, crispy. You have no idea how beautiful it was. Simple. Yeah. And she got to her meal and she enjoyed the meal and she enjoyed having her guests. Now, Absolutely. I think you can't not have guests because you don't feel like cooking. That's a silly reason. You've got to be able to, especially after COVID, yeah. be able to just enjoy having yes. people in your home again. Exactly. 
Exactly. So let's so let's go back to the apple, apple cake. <laughs> <laughs> so here are the ingredients. So before I start, I think you need to do it in a springform tin, and you line the springform tin with a little bit of baking paper, and you grease the sides. I like to use the springform tins with glass bottoms. So then I don't feel like I have to get the cake out of the springform tin. I cut around the sides, and if the glass bottom remains, that's absolutely fine. Right. So they look prettier. Yes, exactly. But tell people how you do the paper. You open. You have to open the springform tin. Then you then you put the paper over the base, and then you put the ring on top. top, and then you pull the little lever. So that the, actually the paper the paper's not inside. It's at the bottom. It's and not inside. It's on top. top. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It just sort of hangs down. Okay. okay. That's, that's the best way I can describe No, it. but that's exactly what you need to do. And it looks beautifully and neat tucked in. <laughs> yeah. So the ingredients for the apple cake are three eggs, one and a half cups of sugar, a cup of oil, a teaspoon of vanilla essence, two cups of self-raising flour, six to seven teaspoons of jam, two apples thinly sliced, or a punnet of blueberries, or two or three plums, and then cinnamon and sugar mixed, and a quarter cup of roughly chopped walnuts, which is optional. Um, with my cinnamon and sugar, I just keep a huge big bag in my cupboard. I mix a whole lot at once, and that just makes my life also a whole lot easier. easier. Right. So you preheat the oven to 180. You line a 24-centimeter springform tin with baking paper. And you beat the eggs and caster sugar until a ribbon forms. This is a new thing that I learned. Ah, so that yeah. if you watch the beater and you lift the beater, it forms like a ribbon on top of your eggs and sugar. And that's how you know that your eggs and sugar are beaten properly. I used to stick my finger in and see if it felt grainy. <laughs> and you could just watch and see if it forms a beautiful ribbon on top, you know that you've beaten it properly. You add the oil and the vanilla and you beat until just combined. You then take it out of your mix master and you fold in the self-raising flour. After that, you pour half the batter into your tin and you blob the jam onto the batter. I don't even measure the jam. I just take my jam and I blob it and then I take my spatula and I smooth it nicely. You arrange your fruit, your fruit on top of the jam and you sprinkle with some cinnamon and sugar. Then you put some more of your batter on top and some more of your fruit your nuts if you're using them, more cinnamon and sugar, and you bake for 45 minutes, and then you reduce the temperature to 160, and then you bake for about another 15 to 20 minutes. But I think at that point you actually have to watch it. You need to put your cake tester in and just watch. Yes. I made one last Friday, and it was a little bit dry, and I think I overcooked it because there seems to be a fine balance between getting that beautiful brown crusty top but having a dry cake inside. Yeah. Absolutely. But it is the most delicious cake, and I serve that with my pineapple custard. Ooh. Have I got time for pineapple of custard? Course. <laughs> so, let's find the pineapple custard. It's a new one. I've never made pineapple You've custard. never made pineapple custard? No. It's another Northcliffe recipe oh, from okay. way back. <laughs> <laughs> so, what you do is you grate one large pineapple... Or you go to Woolworths and you buy a punnet of pineapple and you chop it in your Magimix or you grate it by hand and you boil it with one cup of water and half a cup of sugar for about 10 minutes. Then you combine a tablespoon of maizena, a tablespoon of custard powder and one egg yolk. 
and you mix it until the, the egg yolk has broken down and you've got a smooth mixture. Then you're going to add about half a cup of cold water. In the meantime, you're going to take your warm pineapple mixture and you're going to add a tiny bit to your maizena mix and you're going to stir it. This is called tempering in your eggs. I think tempering your eggs. What do you call it? Tempering mm. your eggs. Mm. Yes. Because you don't want to add too much of the hot to the cold because Correct. otherwise you're going to end up with scrambled eggs. Correct. Right. <laughs> and you slowly mix it in. And once it's blended nicely and you've warmed up the eggs, you're going to add the egg mixture to your pot and you're going to bring it to the boil and you're going to stir until your custard thickens. And that's and that's a pineapple custard, which is so absolutely delicious. And that with the, with the um, apple? Yes. Okay. And again, I would make a huge amount of pineapple custard, which I'm going to serve again on my Saturday with beautiful fresh strawberries. Ah, nice. Have you seen the albino strawberries at Woolworths? Yes. I mean, Aren't they wonderful? They're wonderful. I've never seen strawberries <laughs> like that before in my life. <laughs> so you could even yeah. do a whole alternation with red strawberries, albino strawberries, chocolate-dipped strawberries, and that's gorgeous to serve with a pineapple custard. Oh, I'm, now I'm getting very hungry. <laughs> Between you well, your guests are going to have a beautiful Shabbos. You know, I always we always ha- serve a what we call a meryl platter. Now, a meryl platter is a friend of ours always makes this platter. She's a, she's she's meryl. She's meryl. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> she's amazing with this platter. So she has on it. She has the gummy bears, and she puts. Um, I'm just thinking aloud here. She puts with the, the um, cho- some chocolates, pair of chocolates on, and she puts all sorts of beautiful delicacies and pair of biscuits and nougat, and uh, everything is just beautiful. And you know what? It always goes down so well. Even after a beautiful apple cake and pineapple custard, it's amazing, and it's, it's such a, such a social. Thing. Yes. Because people sit at the table and then nosh on a nougat and all of this and that. And then we have lovely teas. We get beautiful teas these days that we can serve. Correct? Beautiful teas. Yeah. yeah. So we can have that with our meryl platter <laughs> afterwards. And that will also take you right through from Friday to Saturday. And even the adults go straight for the meryl platter. <laughs> <laughs> so you also know about the meryl platter. Well, I just learned about a meryl platter. <laughs> Okay. All right. So we're going to an ad break now and we will come back and chat about a few more recipes. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. Welcome back to the Essen Preston Show. I'm with Lauren Bilkin and we are chatting about Shabbos and different meals that you can make and her, what she's feeding her Shabbos guests and, uh, what about table laying? So we discovered that we both like to set the table on a Tuesday. We're always early. <laughs> you know what? For me, it's one of the most pleasurable parts of entertaining. I enjoy putting on a beautiful cloth and finding my flowers and matching the serviettes to the flowers. And if I'm not worried about doing the cooking, I can actually enjoy the process. And it makes me excited for what I'm going to be doing for Shabbos. Yeah. I always used to, I always do my menu either Sunday, Monday, and I plan the whole thing. And as you say, yes. down to the serviettes. Yes, yes. And people laugh at me. They'll walk into my home and say, but who's coming yeah, for exactly. supper? No, it's for Friday. <laughs> yeah. But and Yonta Vitz, even, even more, well, a week before. Yonta starts about three months before. <laughs> but it really does take the pressure off. And I think it adds to the enjoyment because it just allows me to be completely creative with my table. 
Yeah. And do you find that you you put everything on the side and get people to help themselves, or are you um, putting everything on the main table? So I've actually actually stopped serving everybody. Yeah. I've reached a point where I'm happy just to put everything onto my sideboard beautifully, and people can pretty much help themselves. Yeah, I find that everybody wants to help themselves. You know, I sort of say, what can I give you? And they go, well, let me come up and see what there is. So they end up helping, helping themselves anyway. Yes, and I mean, that you were saying to me, they can, I think it was last week you said to me, you just served the starters with your main course. Yeah, that's what ended up happening. Yes, it just makes things a whole lot more relaxed and easier for you to yeah. do. And don't you find that you've got a lot more candles on the table just in case? <laughs> <laughs> friend of mine around, she says, what on earth? Why have you got so many candles? It's at 8 o'clock, we're going off. Yeah. But it adds to the atmosphere, but that's the South African thing. Yeah. If we just learn to enjoy it for what it is. Absolutely. Well, this has been a fun show, and I'm so glad that, that Lauren joined us today. And I was so happy to be here. I love being Good. here. Thank and, you for having me. And I think Lauren's going to do a bit about she's you going away. So um, when you come back, you're going to do a bit about cooking in Israel and all sorts of exciting things. So we have a traveler amongst our four ladies that are going to be doing the cooking show. And uh, Adrian's also our traveler, our local traveler. She goes to all the um, the um, parks and etc. Okay, I must wrap up now and I want to say thank you for joining me and thank you for joining Lauren and I and hopefully we'll see you soon. And it's been wonderful being here. And thank you to Craig. I always forget to say thank you to Craig. Thank you, Craig.